0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Verse of Scripture to start, Romans 6. We're going to be looking at John 14, but Romans 6 verse 14 says these words, You live under the freedom of God's grace. You live under the freedom of God's grace, and if you're new to church this morning, we're called Grace Life, so that word grace is a lot to do with us, but for everyone that loves Jesus and follows Jesus, that word grace is a, is a great word. You live under the freedom of God's grace, and uh, I think we're finishing off a sort of series where we're sort of focusing on grace, so that's what I'll, I'll be doing this morning. Um, if you can see it woven into the message, or well, we'll see how the message goes. But grace, grace is getting what you don't deserve. Getting what you don't deserve. Now, there are only two groups of people in the world. And it is not the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's the saved and the unsaved. Or those who have a passport that's going to get them to heaven and those who don't have a passport. Those who live in the freedom of that and those who don't. Those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, those who have had the the sin thing dealt with in their lives, those who have confessed their sins, their wrongdoing, confessed their need of, of, of a Savior to free them from this stuff called sin, this virus called sin, this condition that everybody in the world was born with and which condemns them to a life of eternal separation from a loving Father God. So, there's those that have had that dealt with, those who have cried out, Lord Jesus, save me, be merciful to me, a sinner. And those people are people who have received grace. Those people got what they did not deserve. And so, Paul says here, you live under the freedom of, of God's grace. Now this morning, I want to focus this message and direct this message to that group of people, that group of people who've made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. And with that intro, please turn to the screens and watch this video clip which is coming up. Anybody remember um, Lucy Ball? Some of us do, from the 60s, probably when this was made, used to love watching her. Well, just watch this clip. Okay, bit of humor. What was it? They were stumping grapes. Stumping grapes. We'll maybe get back to that. Reading this morning is in John chapter 14. I want to read verses 1 to 3, but this whole chapter has really been speaking to me over the past couple of weeks, and uh, so we're primarily going to look at these three verses, and we'll just see how it goes. So, uh, John 14, verses 1 to 3, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God's believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Great passage. Title of this message, if you're taking notes, is Stomping Grips, No Trouble. So, talking about trouble, I want to talk about the heart, particularly a troubled heart. Now, when we use that word heart, we're not talking about this thing that goes like this. No, it's talking about your your minds, your emotions, your thoughts, the, your seat of thinking, your dream center, your feelings, your uh, place of creativity. Now that's that's your mind, it's your heart, and a, a troubled heart is a troubled heart that's got uh, worry, stress… Stuff on your mind, very much like this picture. Um, A problem you're you're facing, but there's no, there's an uncertain outcome. Um, Your mind is troubled. Troubled heart, troubled mind. And what you feed your heart will determine how troubled it is. What you feed your heart will determine how troubled it is. And the world in which we live, if you let it, feeds your heart. The world is feeding your heart. Um, to prove the point, if I say uh, the word COVID, what does your heart say? Your mind. If we went around the room, there'd be lots of things immediately comes in, in, into your mind. If I use the word um, vaccination, how does your heart respond? I want you to read this, which is coming up on the screen now, and just have a read of that, see what you think. I'm not reading it for you, I'm just letting you read it. That came through in my uh, Facebook feed. Everybody's very quiet. Now, depending on how much stuff you'd fed your heart, you will read that word as um, vaccination. But what does it actually say? Vacation. That's right. And I'm all for having four vacations a year. Anybody with me? Somebody is. Anyhow, you get the point. Troubled heart. A troubled heart. We live in uncertain times. Uh, COVID is sort of ruling us. Ongoing. Ever changing goalposts, restrictions, lockdowns, lockouts. COVID passports being able to access events and not access events, maybe someday it'll affect the church, needing a vaccination to go to work. And I'm not drawing sides here. I'm just saying there's enough there to trouble a lot of people. And if we did take that a little bit further, how does that affect church here? We know how it's affecting around the world. How will it affect us if only we're only allowed the vaccinated into the building? What if pastors and staff have to be vaccinated? What happens if we don't comply? How do we look after those people who are genuinely concerned about mixing with people who are vaccinated or unvaccinated? What happens if we become an exposure site? And so it goes on and on. And then, you know, that's just as a church, but then the mental health of the nation don't need to tell you, but it's not in a great way. And not necessarily because of the virus itself, but because of what our minds have fed on, what we've been feeding our minds. And because of how, as a nation, they've tried to handle and control this virus. And so, you've got a a troubled heart, depression, domestic abuse, self-harm. Suicidal thoughts and suicides, hopelessness, a troubled heart. And that's just around where our nation is at at the moment. But what about those personal issues which trouble you? They might be to do with your health. Your financial situation, your relationship, how it is, or relationship breakdown, the loss of employment, and whether you can get another job, bereavement, or put whatever you want in there, but a troubled heart. And our Scripture this morning says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So, uh, I tell you, this, this passage really spoke to me. We can trust God. Amen? We can trust Jesus. We can put our hope and our trust in Jesus in the middle of trouble so that the trouble doesn't get into our heart and we end up with a troubled heart. So, this morning, I want to take this a little bit further, and I want to look at um, three things, three things anyway. Some things of certainty during seasons of uncertainty that I see in John chapter 14. So are you ready? One person is. Terrible of me. I can't see anybody smiling. We all should have see through masks. Anyway, your ones with holes in them, anyway, that you can breathe. Guess it wouldn't work too well. Okay. Some things of certainty during seasons of uncertainty. And number one is the Word of God is certain. Amen. The Word of God is certain. Verse 6 of chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God." And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Talking about Jesus. So the Word is Jesus. And Jesus said He is the truth. His Word is truth. Amen? I'll say it again. His Word is truth. Not truth today and something else tomorrow. That's what we're used to. The Word never changes. It is the truth, and the truth can never be untruth. Yes? John 17 verse 17, your Word is truth. So, the Word of God is unchanging. Matthew twenty four thirty five. heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. You can get excited this morning. My words will never pass away. Not like some of the words that we hear in the media. Not like some of the words that come from our politicians' mouths. God's Word is constant, is unchanging, is utterly reliable and dependable, and it has the power by the Holy Spirit to input life into you, into your troubled heart this morning. Can you say amen? If you're troubled this morning, the Word is part of the answer because the Word does not change. God's Word is certain in the middle of uncertainty. Its word is certain. Let's take this a little bit further. The power. Of the spoken word, and when I say the power of the spoken word, I'm talking about words which you receive like a voice speaking to you. Whether they're actually words that you read, see written down, or on your on your device, or whether you hear words actually spoken to you, the power of the spoken word. Here, interesting verse here: Proverbs 18, verses 20 to 21. It says this, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. Wow, interesting. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Then it goes on to say what we're more familiar with, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What do we learn from that? Words build our world words affect your heart. Words build our world. So many words spoken today that we hear today, read today, are building a world of fear. And our words build our world. So what, what sort of world are you building? How is your heart? What are you feeding on? And what words am I, as a person, what words am I, speaking? am I speaking? What words am I speaking to myself because I'm feeding on it and it will affect my heart? And what words am I speaking to other people? How's your heart? Is your heart troubled? What are you feeding on? An hour in church in a Sunday morning, hearing the Word and speaking the Word is not enough to counteract a week of social media, news, or whatever you feed yourself. It comes up even here as I'm here this morning. I get a COVID announcement about Omicron. Can you believe it? Right in the middle of my message, be gone. But do you get the point? What are you feeding on? There's power and death in the Word, so what words are you hearing? What words are you exposing yourself to? And we hear it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly if you hear the news and you you listen to stuff, and eventually it becomes part of your vocabulary without you even noticing it. It's affecting your heart. I'm not saying we've got to go and close us up the way and be totally unaware of what's going on in the world. No, the Bible tells us a lot about being aware of what's going on, but being aware of it in light of God's Word. Amen? The question to you this morning is, is what voice, what words are speaking more loudly into your heart because depending on what words you allow into your heart it will it will affect your heart you could end up with a troubled heart or a peaceful heart bible says guard your heart it's the wellspring of life guard it so what words what words are you speaking to others what words are you receiving to yourself speak the word of god Speak it out. Speak it out to yourself. Speak it to others. Expose yourself to the Word. That's my encouragement. Read it. Meditate on it. Listen to the Word being preached. Listen to the anointed ministry in church as we fellowship together and as we sing worshipful songs to our God. Amen? By faith, let me encourage you, by faith speak the truth because all of the other stuff will change tomorrow, and we're conditioned to it being changed tomorrow. But the Word of God is certain and sure, and it is powerful. Therefore, by faith, speak the truth, speak the Word, speak life, and you will see your personal world changed. Amen? There's a lot on what I've said there, and I don't want to go any, any more on that because of time's sake. Okay, that's that's the first thing that I see is certain in an uncertain, troubled world. Number two. Are we ready for number two? I said there's three, I will focus on three, but there's probably a lot more. But for three, particularly for merit, she loves three point sermons. She's got this thing about a three point sermon. It's not a it's not really a message unless it has three points. Number two, you can be certain listen, that God has got you. Not a very good English statement, but it makes the point. You can be certain that God has got you. Isaiah 49, love this verse, verse 16. See, God is saying, "'See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands.'" I have written your name on the palms of my hand. I'm preaching to those people who have received salvation. I'm preaching to those people who have given their lives to Jesus this morning. When you did that, your name was written on the palms of God's hands. And God is making a statement, See, listen, take note of this. Your name is written on my hand. You have been born into my family, God says. You are precious to me. You are valuable to me. That's why I sent my son Jesus to die for you. I bought you at a great, great cost. You are mine, and he knows your name. Hallelujah. (laughs) He knows your name. My name is inscribed on his palms. God has got you no matter how uncertain this life is, no matter what you're going through, will go through, God has got you. God has got me. Tell your neighbor that God has got you. It's a truth. It's not just a nice statement. It's not just a hype word. God has got you. He's big enough to hold you. He's got you. Amen. Hallelujah. He's got you. I am His son. You are His daughter. Isaiah 49, verse 14 and 15, Zion said, The Lord has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. God's response, listen to it. Can a woman forget her baby who nurses at her breast? Can she withhold compassion from the child she is born? Even if mothers were to forget, I am could never forget you. (laughs) I could never forget you. Hebrews 13 verse 5, it says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Or I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And that word never, if you look at uh, how that is constructed in the Greek, you'll actually know that it's actually reinforced five times. So, to bring out the meaning of that, read it on the uh, on the Amplified version, which is on the screen, and I like this. I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. <laughs> That's worth noting, isn't it? God has got you. So, verse 6 says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? Amen. To illustrate the point, I um, I remember we used to live up in Carnarvon up the coast, and I remember we used to go up to the Blue Holes regularly. It's an area about 75 k's outside of Carnarvon. And there's a bit of reef there, and it's very, 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 very rocky. can get very there's lots of king waves in that area, and you've got to be careful for them. And uh, I used to snorkel in this area. There was an area, and there was an island out in the water a bit, and a reef bit area protected reef bit, and then the, the shoreline. And I used to go out snortling on there and, and um, these king waves would come through. And the king wave would come. You wouldn't be expecting it, but it would come. It definitely would come. And when it came, it would just come in like a mighty surge right round that island, and the calm reef would just turn into a giant jacuzzi. It's the only way I can describe it. And um, God forgive me, but I used to love watching tourists who would come and they're looking at the reef and they're paddling in the water and this big surge would come and the surge would just take them and sweep them off their feet and off the water and onto the reef you know, as a pretty low down and you know, and they would be coming out all bleeding and cut and it was wonderful. God has forgiven me. It's just funny watching it, not when they get all badly cut, but you know it's razor shark that, that coral. Bit. but anyhow, what I would what I would do at a habit of doing a getting here and then I would I would swim out and I get myself lodged into a place in the in the coral with just the snortle above the water waiting for the keen wave, and I'd wait for it, and when the wave came, it would just, let you know, you'd be hanging on like this, and i put my back to it, because if you put your back to it, you can see the turbulence of the water around you, and it's, it's really, really rough, and really, really good. Well, I like that sort of thing. And uh, I remember one time here, I'm mean, wedged in, you take a deep breath, because when it comes in, that surge covers the the snortle, but you can't come up because if you let go to come up, you're just whoosh like this, and then you're thrown up on the reef, and they end up bleeding and cutting and so forth. And I'm here wedged in the in in the, this rock and like this, and the, the wave comes, and as it came, you know, the water's just bubbling all around me, and this vivid blue fish darted out and it swam into my midriff section. I'm like this and my legs is out there with the flippers and this fish is just sitting calmly in front of my midriff section and all around is turbulence. And I thought, how good is my God because He has got me in the turbulence of life and the uncertainty of life. God has got me. I became that place of refuge for that fish, a refuge from the turbulence, a place to, to, to go to, a place to hide, a place of protection. God has got you this morning. He sees little me, and He and He has become my place of refuge, He's become my security, He's become my place of protection from the uncertainty and the turbulence of life around me. God has got you in the palm of His hands. So this morning, put your life back into His hand. Amen? Put your life back into His hand. Trust Father God. Trust Him in the uncertainty rather than listening to all the words of the turbulence and the actual events that's happening around you. Run to Him. Get back into His hands and let Father God, your Creator, your all-sufficient God, let Him hold you securely in your hands, because you are precious to Him. Okay, here's another reason, last reason why we can trust God in the middle of troubled times. (coughs) Number three, Jesus is coming back for you. (laughs) And that's what John 14 is very much about in many ways, particularly the first three verses. I know there's a lot more into it, but particularly the first three verses. Verse 2, it says, And Jesus is talking about heaven above. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I read those words in a devotional way, just me and God, it's like, yo, God said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. Did you get that? For me, that puts everything in perspective. Heaven. I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. This is a sure hope in a troubled world. You see, heaven is my home, and everything here is temporary. But heaven is eternal. So, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And then verse 3, he says, I will come back. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. So, Jesus is coming back someday. It's a certainty. It's not a fancy story. He's coming back. He's coming to take us home. And we will be with him forever. So the pain and the uncertainty and the trial and the tribulation and the uncertainty of this life will be over. And the personal failure where you keep struggling along and limping along and you're failing health or whatever it is you're dealing with, it's going to be over. And when I see him, the word says, I'm going to be like him. My salvation will be complete. I will be perfect, and this struggle will be over. I'm excited about that. I tell you, it puts everything into perspective. Hebrews six nineteen. we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We've got a hope, a sure hope, a hope, an expectation, something to look forward to. Our world is full of hopelessness, and if you feed on it, if you keep speaking it, you will have a troubled heart. But we have a hope, we have an expectation, we have something to look forward to, amen? no matter what the economy is saying, no matter what the work situation may be for you, no matter what the trouble you are facing, if you've got Jesus as an anchor for your heart, you've got something good to look forward to. I will come again so that you will be with me always where I am. Romans 5 verse 5, And this hope will not disappoint, for we know how dearly God loves us, and then Revelation, the end of the book, the end of the Bible, Revelations 22, 20, 20, and 21, right at the very end. Jesus says, yes, I am coming soon. The response is, amen, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, I'm coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus. don't know what your desire is, but when I see what's going on, quite often I pray, come. Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. I'm coming soon. He's coming soon. We need to be ready. Verse 21, the Bible finishes, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen, which means so be it. Grace upon God's people. We are God's people. So, let not your heart be troubled. Trust in Jesus. Back to John 14. Um, rumble down to verse 27. It's near the end of the chapter. It says these words. Again, Jesus is still speaking. He's talking to His disciples. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace. Peace I leave with you. His peace is peace. It's the opposite of a troubled heart. His peace is not world peace. In the world, you'll have peace until the next war. And we know what's happening in Europe at the moment. A worldly world peace is not permanent. It's not stable. It's not sure. You never quite know how long you're going to have peace for. But we can have peace now. Amen? We can have peace now. And we can have peace now because Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to live with us and in us. That's what John 14 is about. A lot of it is about. I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send another one just like me. This is Jesus comforting His disciples. So we can have peace now. And so Jesus is saying, peace I leave with you. And then verse 29, He says, I told you. I have told you now before it happens. Wow. So that when it does happen, you will believe. (laughs) I've told you this before it happens. So that when it does happen, you'll believe. What's happening in your world? told you so that you would believe. Jesus here is preparing His, His disciples. His, His disciples had been with Him for three years. He's preparing them for His crucifixion, which is going to take place, His death and His resurrection. In other words, He's preparing them for a troubled season, uncertain times ahead of them. So, he's saying to them, look, when you're in the middle of this, I want you to remember, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come back for you, and I'm sending a comforter to you, and I will, when I do come back, I will be with you forever. So, believe. So, when trouble comes, and it comes and it's here, when trouble comes, believe. Because this present trouble, your present trouble trouble. is not the end. It's not the end. We will pass through in peace because we believe. We have a future to look forward to. We have an expectation. It's an enduring truth. We have a hope which is like an anchor, steadfast and sure. Amen. Isn't that encouraging? It is for me. Okay, John 16, verse 33. We've moved over a couple of chapters. This is, and Jesus is still talking in the same meeting that He's having with the disciples. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take care, I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. You will have tribulation is another translation. And that word means pressure, it means oppression, it means stress, anguish, adversity, affliction, crushing, squeezing, squashing, distress. It's the word which is used to describe the stomping and the crushing of grapes, hence that video clip. It's also the word which is used to describe the pressing of the elephant. Olives in an olive press, wooden olive press. I think I've got a picture there. So, tribulation is going to come. I have told you these things. Knowing the truth, the real truth, not the world's version of truth, brings peace to a troubled heart. Let those words feed you. The truth, despite how things bad things get, and they will get worse. The truth is, Jesus has overcome the world. Amen? (laughs) And He's got you. He's got you. He's overcome the world. So, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe and trust in Jesus. So these things are certain in seasons of uncertainty. His Word, God's Word is certain. It's true. It's unchanging. God has got me. You're inscribed on the palms of His hands. It's certain. And Jesus has overcome and He's coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back for you. It's a certainty. It's a sure hope. It's a confident expectation. But I said there's two groups of people. And if you don't know Jesus you're in another group. I said there's two groups, the saved and the unsaved, those who've given their lives to Christ and those who haven't, those who are trusting in Him and and following Jesus and believing in Him and those who haven't, those who've had their sins washed clean. And this morning, if that's you, you can have them washed clean. Isaiah 1 verse 18, it says, Come, let us consider your options, says the Lord. Though your sins have stained you like the color red, you can become white like snow. Though they are easy to see as the color scarlet, you can become white like wool. You can become white like wool. Amen? In other words, If you haven't had that virus sin dealt with, you can have it dealt with and become part of the company of people who do, which these things that I've mentioned are certain. But for those that don't, this verse always sticks out at me, Ephesians 2 verse 12. For those that don't know Jesus, it says, without hope without God in the world. So they're in a dark place, fear and a troubled heart without Jesus. Follow Him. I need to finish. For those of us that love and follow Jesus. For those that do believe and trust in Him, we are called to reveal Jesus to the people of the world. Did you get that? We are called to reveal Jesus to the people of the world. Jesus, the truth. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the Savior. We are called to reveal the truth where there's a lot of untruth around. We are called to declare the gospel. The part of the gospel is that, yes, this world will end, that death will come to each of us in one way or another, that there will be a judgment after death, that hell awaits those who don't know Jesus as their Savior. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came, and He died for us, and He rose again for us. He paid the price for our sin as we believe on Him. That's the good news about Jesus, so that heaven is the home of those who believe in Him. Amen? Not hell. We are called to be light and peace in a dark, troubled world. And we haven't time to really get into these verses, but I'll just read them, Isaiah 61 to 3. Read it as addressed to you, the church, you, these people that love and follow Jesus. The word says, arise, shine. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, dark, see darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises oh, upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Great verse. See that apply to the church. Surely darkness and fear has covered our world. Surely there is a thick darkness hanging over many people's lives today. But church, we are called to arise and let your light shine because your light has come and that light is the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world is carrying at the moment deep darkness, but the church is carrying God's glory. Amen? Believe it as I'm saying it. If, you're, if you're, you're born again, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a carrier of the glory of God. You just need to align yourself to the Word of God and start speaking the truth. Your own heart will have peace, but I tell you when the Holy Spirit connects with the Word of God, the glory of God will radiate from your life. Amen? and instead of, instead of displaying a troubled heart, you'll display a peaceful heart. Instead of being in a place of darkness, you'll be in a place of light, and people out there will see the light, and as the Scripture says, kings will come to your brightness. In other words, people out there will see there is a hope in you. Amen. i preached. There's no more for me to say. There's a lot more we could say about that. Stand to your feet as we finish this morning it's 11:35 rajit oh get a hold of the word this morning get a hold of the word this morning i had a dream um few days ago in the, in the middle of the night but without giving you the details of the dream just this one thing was apparent i asked the question what Is this resistance? And a voice came, it's the enemy. It's the enemy. There is a devil out there, the source behind the darkness, and he's seeking to blanket the world, and he's seeking to close down the church. And while the church doesn't know who she is, she's unable to shine. But when the church gets a revelation, of who she is. And when the church stands up and declares the Word of God, which is the truth, you become a powerful agent in the world. Not just to speak nice words and to comfort people, but to actually drive out the darkness. To drive out the darkness in that spiritual realm. And if you don't know what I'm talking this morning, I'm not a weirdo. Janet just thinks I'm weird, but, but I'm not weirdo. It's the truth. There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness, and there's the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of darkness is seeking to control and to squash down and primarily keep people from seeing King Jesus. And as we pray, and as we confess, and as we sing the truth with faithful hearts, you're driving the enemy out. You're driving the darkness because you're doing what God has commanded us to do. Arise, get up, shine, because your light has come. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.